G'day and welcome to Is It Relevant Today? Right here on Faith FM. I'm Marius Jigau and on this show we're examining biblical concepts and ideas and asking ourselves the important question, is it relevant today? Or is it as outdated and ridiculous as corduroy pants? We live in a very self-centered world today. A lot of people say that it's more the youth or the teenagers that think the world revolves around them, but if we're to be honest, much of the world thinks that the world revolves around them. They are, of course, wrong. It revolves around me. And I assume that some of you are smirking right now, as we know that there's a tad of truth to this statement. People in today's world are focused on self, but it wasn't always like this. You see, before we had a lot more community-focused lifestyle. But in today's world, everyone is primarily focused on self. One of the founders of the Adventist Church writes, Satan rules the mind of many. Selfishness has perverted principles. Selfishness has confused the senses and clouded the judgment. We live in a very selfish world today. And selfishness is the basis of the satanic government. Today we're going to have a look at the story of Hannah. This is found in the first chapter of 1 Samuel. And it reads, Now there was a certain man of Ramathim Zophim, of the mountains of Ephraim, and his name was Elkanah, the son of Jeroam, the son of Elihu, the son of Tohu, the son of Zuth, an Ephraimite. He had two wives. The name of one was Hannah, the name of the other was Penina. Penina had children, but Hannah had no children. This man went up from his city yearly to worship and sacrifice to the Lord of hosts in Silo. Also, the two sons of Eli, Hopni and Phineas, the priests of the Lord, were there. And whenever time came for Elkanah to make an offering, he would give portions to Penina, his wife, and to all her sons and daughters. But to Hannah, he would give a double portion, for he loved Hannah, although the Lord had closed her womb. And her rival also provoked her severely to make her miserable because the Lord had closed her womb. So it was year by year when she went up to the house of the Lord that she provoked her. Therefore she wept and did not eat. Sometimes in our life we bring misery upon ourselves. And it could be argued that even most of the time, the things that we're suffering are the result of poor choices and bad judgment on our behalf and things that we've done to ourselves. But sometimes God allows certain things in our lives. And you can see that this is what happens here, as we're told that the Lord closed up Hannah's womb. And you can see that Penina is making her life miserable. I can just imagine what this would have looked like. Hannah is getting a double portion. Now, if you actually look at the Hebrew, a more correct translation would be a portion for two. In fact, Elkanah is giving her what he would give her if she had a child. I can just imagine Penina going, Oh, he's giving you food for yourself and for your child. Where is that child of yours? I haven't seen him around all day. In fact, if I think about it, I don't think I've ever seen him around. You can see that this made Hannah suffer severely. And it's not something that just happened once or twice. It happened every year when they would come up. And she wept and did not eat. You see, they were partaking of a peace offering. They would gather together in the family and they would eat it. And I can see what Hannah's thinking. She's thinking, there's no peace in our home. Why would I partake of this peace offering when there is no peace here? It continues that Elkanah, her husband, said to her, Hannah, why do you weep and why do you not eat? And why is your heart grieved? Am I not better to you than ten sons? Here we have the man doing what men typically do, trying to solve the problem. And I just don't understand why it doesn't always work. Here, he's trying to solve the problem. Am I not better to you than ten sons? Now, some theologians argue that it's possible that Penina had ten children. But what he's saying here is, you know, even if you had ten and they were all sons, I would be even better than that. There's only a tad of arrogance here. And the verse continues saying that Hannah arose after they'd finished eating and drinking. Now, there's something that this statement made me realize. You see, Hannah didn't throw a fit. 
walk out while they're having a meal and throw a big tantrum. No, she stayed there. She waited till they finished eating and drinking, and then she went to the temple. Now Eli the priest was sitting on the seat by the doorpost of the tabernacle of the Lord, and she was in bitterness of soul and prayed to the Lord and wept in anguish. Then she made a vow and said, O Lord of hosts, if you indeed look upon the affliction of your maidservant and remember me and not forget your maidservant, but will give your maidservant a male child, I will give him to the Lord all the days of his life, and no razor shall come upon his head. And it happened, as she continued praying before the Lord, that Eli watched her mouth. Now Hannah spoke in her heart, and only her lips moved, but her voice was not heard. Therefore Eli thought that she was drunk. So Eli said, How long will you be drunk? Put your wine away from you. Can you feel for Hannah here? Here she is, suffering. Every year this happens. Every year she's constantly picked on. She's constantly harassed. She's emotionally abused by Penina. She has half a husband and the pastor of the church she comes to accuses her of being drunk. How would you have answered him? We'll examine what Hannah said just after this song. Oh love that will not let me go I rest my weary soul in thee I give thee back the life I owe Is It Relevant Today? You're listening to Marius Jigao and today we're looking at the story of Hannah. And we're seeing that this godly woman who's constantly harassed by Penina, who has half a husband and whose pastor is accusing her of being drunk, have a look at the way she answers. This tells you a bit about the type of person she was. Now, I don't think I would have answered like her. Most people today would have probably said, Really, Eli? You should look at your sons to see who's drunk. But no, that's not what Hannah says. She says, No, my Lord, I'm a woman of sorrowful spirit. She's very respectful. She says, I've drunk neither wine nor intoxicating drink. 
but I poured out my soul before the Lord. Do not consider your maidservant a wicked woman, for out of the abundance of my complaint and grief I have spoken until now. Then Eli answered and said, Go in peace, and the God of Israel grant your petition which you have asked of him. And she said, Let your maidservant find favor in your sight. So the woman went away and ate, and her face was no longer sad. This is really interesting thing that's happening here. She walks away and her face is no longer sad. Why? I mean, surely she's been praying about this for a long time. Why would she think that because Eli said that her prayer was answered that it actually was? It continues to say that they rose early in the morning to worship before the Lord and returned and came back to their house at Ramah and Elkanah knew his wife and the Lord remembered her. So it came to pass in the process of time that Hannah conceived and bore a son and called his name Samuel, saying, Because I have asked him from the Lord. Why do you think she had to wait for so long? If you read in verse 20, it appears that it wasn't answered instantly. Eli said, your prayer has been heard. And it's not like the next time she tried, they conceived. The words seem to imply that it still took some time after that. It says, in the process of time, why does God make her wait? Why does God make us wait? This isn't just something that happened to Hannah here. This is something that happens all throughout the Bible. Abraham is given a promise. He waits for over 20 years. Rebecca also waits for 20 years. Rachel also waits for many years. Why does God make us wait? We're going to have a look at three reasons why God made Hannah wait. The first is to teach her to be humble. When I first came to Australia, my parents immigrated from communist Romania. And when we arrived here, we really struggled financially for the first probably five or six years, as my parents were studying to get their medical equivalency exam. I still remember Dad was working taxis at night and would study during the day. But once they passed their medical exams and started working, my family had more than they needed financially. And I kind of got everything I wanted, like, instantly. I remember at one point I'd ridden off three cars in three months and thought I deserved another. When one constantly gets what they ask for, It can teach them to be arrogant. I remember thinking, I'm entitled. One of the reasons I believe that God makes us wait sometimes is to teach us humility. The second reason I believe that God allowed Hannah to wait was to develop a prayer life. I don't know how long it was until God answered this prayer, but by my calculations... To allow time for Eli to realize she can't conceive, to marry another, and for her to give him sons and daughters, plural, it was probably a minimum of five years, maybe ten or fifteen. During this time, Hannah was praying and asking God and spending time with him. This brings us back to the question I asked before. How did Hannah know that her prayer had been heard? How did she know that there would be an answer? When Eli said, your prayer has been heard, how did she know? How could she then walk away and no longer be sad? We'll find out just after this song. I come to you, let my heart be changed, renewed, flowing from the grace that I found in you. And Lord, I've come to know the weaknesses I see in me. Stripped away by the power of your love. Hold me close, let your love surround me. Bring me near, draw me to your side. 
your spirit leads me on in the power of your love. Lord, unveil my eyes, let me see you face to face, the knowledge of your love. As you live in me to live in me Lord renew my mind as your will unfolds in my life living every day in the power of your In the power of your love And I will soar with you So spirit leads me on In the power of your love And I will soar with you Your spirit leads me on In the power of your love Welcome back to Is It Relevant Today, right here on Faith FM. I'm Marius Jigao, and today we're looking at the life of Hannah. Hannah had been waiting for literally years for God to give her a child. During this time, her character was formed and her prayer life developed. So when Eli told her that her prayer was answered, how did she know this was true? I believe it was because Hannah had learned to recognize God's voice. Otherwise, it makes no sense. She's been praying for this, and here's Eli, you know, the one whose sons are corrupt, and he's obviously not done a very good job as a father. By allowing his sons to be in the positions they are, he's obviously not doing his job properly. And here's this pastor telling her, oh, your prayers have been heard. I believe she recognized God's voice. And as she did that, the natural response was for her to no longer be sad. God will answer. The third reason I believe that God made Hannah wait and God sometimes makes us wait is for character development. Through this time, Hannah's character was shaped. It was developed. She learned to be patient. She learned not to retaliate. She learned to be godly and she learned to be humble. Hannah could have gone about it very differently. She could have become bitter. Why has God done this to me? You know, there's a verse in Exodus chapter 23, verse 26, and it says, No one shall suffer miscarriage, nor be barren in your land. I can imagine that Hannah would be claiming this promise. Lord, why? I'm praying. I'm doing everything right. I'm doing everything I can. Why won't you hear me? She could have become very bitter, but she didn't. She continued praying. She continued seeking God, and God answered. But God only answered after Hannah surrendered. God answered her when she reached the point of saying, The thing that's most precious to me, which is to have a son, Lord, I'm going to give that to you. I'm not asking you to give me something just for myself. If you give me something, I will give it back to you. I found a really nice quote in the SDA Bible commentary. It says, Hannah's natural desire for offspring had finally been absorbed in the passion for devoting 
the most precious gifts to Him. The most precious gifts to God. You see, as Hannah's prayer life developed, she learned to put God first. When you spend more and more time with God in prayer, then your prayer life shifts from praying for me, me, me to praying for others and for God's will. In fact, Pavel Goya recorded his church praying for six months and he found that 95% of the prayer time people are having is focused on self. Hannah had reached the point where she was no longer asking for herself. She knew that the kingdom of God is what's most important and she prayed for something she can give back to God. We're told in James 4 verse 3, You ask and do not receive, because you ask amiss, that you may spend it on your pleasures. We sometimes ask things of God and we don't receive the answer because we pray selfish prayers. And God can't answer those prayers. Think about it for a moment. If God answered selfish prayers, then he would teach us to be selfish, which is the basis of the satanic government. God won't answer selfish prayers because if he would, he would be doing us harm. He would be nurturing selfishness. There's something else that jumped out at me in this story. When Hannah's prayer was answered, it was answered when she came to the church to make it. There's something about praying at church. You find that Solomon, when he built the temple, he asked God to bless it and to answer the prayers of the people who come and pray in this temple and those who pray facing towards this temple. As Hezekiah bought his letter, he spread it out in the house of the Lord, before the Lord. Daniel prayed towards the temple. Now, he didn't pray in the temple because the temple was destroyed, but he prayed towards the temple. Jesus said, my house shall be a house of prayer. There's something about praying in God's house. Now, stay with us after this song and we'll examine some truly amazing answers to prayer. Would you be free from the burden of sin? There's power in the blood. Would you or evil a victory win? There's power in the blood. There's power in the blood. There is power, power, wonder-working power. In the blood of the Lamb, there is power, power, wonder-working power. In the precious blood of the Lamb, would you be free from your passion and pride? There's power in the blood. Come for a cleansing to Calvary's tide There's power in the blood 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 There is power, power, wonder-working power There's power in the blood 
stains are lost in its life-giving flow. There's power in the blood. 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 There is power, power, wonder-working power in the blood of the Lamb. There is power, power, wonder-working power in the precious blood of the Lamb. There is power, power, wonder-working power in the blood of the Lamb. There is power, Welcome back to Is It Relevant Today? You're listening to Mario Studio and today we're looking at prayer. Italy is a very secular place. There are many churches in Italy, but it's extraordinarily secular. In fact, in 2003, the Adventist Church had around 2,500 members in Italy. Most of them were elderly. In fact, about 95% of them were foreigners. And Pavel Goya went and did a prayer seminar there. He describes it that the people there were like cucumbers, cold like cucumbers. They just stood there. They didn't smile. They didn't say amen. He felt that it went absolutely awful. But one of the elderly ladies who came to this meeting in 2003 recorded it on her phone. And she went home and she listened to the presentations again and again. And his focus was that we shouldn't pray selfish prayers. We should stop thinking about ourselves and pray for others and to pray for God's will in our lives. And she started putting this into practice. And after a while, she found out that both of her children who had stopped going to church had now started coming back. Later, her husband came back to church as well. And then she decided to tell people about this. Now, she was in the city of Milan at a church where 20 would come on a good Sabbath, 15 on a not-so-good Sabbath. So she typed out this message and made 16 copies and handed it out to the church members. Of course, at first they didn't read them. This is generally what happens when you give someone something to read. And then she started harassing them. After a few months of bugging them, have you read this? Have you read this every time she saw them? I think that more to get her off their back, they decided to read it. And after they did read it, they started to meet up at church at 6.30 for half an hour once a week. And after doing this for a month, in the second month, they decided to meet up for half an hour two days a week. And on the third month, they decided to meet three days a week. Fourth month, four days. And after that, they continued for five days a week. On the fifth month, the neighbor from across the road came into the church in the morning and was like, what's going on here? I've been across the road for ages and you guys come to church on Saturday. Now you come into church every day. What's wrong with you guys? What are you doing here? And they said, we're here praying. So what are you praying for? We're praying for our church. We're praying for the community. And he said, well, I don't believe in church, but I do believe in God. Can you pray for my wife? She has terminal cancer. She's been given a few weeks to live. And they said, yeah, sure, we'll pray. And they prayed for his wife, who went to the doctor a few weeks later to find out that she was completely cancer-free. And the doctors asked, what did you do to make this happen? And they said, "Uh, nothing. The only thing I can think of is that this church prayed for her. And the doctor said, I want to join that church. And when the word spread that God was doing something in this church, someone else came and said, you know, I have two children who are struggling with drugs. Can you pray for them? And they prayed for them. And his children stopped using drugs. And more and more prayers were answered till this church started having a queue of people in the morning asking to be prayed for. And there were sometimes over a 100 people in this queue waiting at 6.30 in the morning in a line that wound down the street. How awesome would it be if we had people waiting in queues at our churches in the morning to be prayed for. 
This church grew from 20 to 350. From 350 they split up to two churches, then they split up again into a third church and again into a fourth church. And now they have four churches, the smallest of which has 200 members, the largest of which has 400 members. And this happened in a period of 15 years. From this church, they increased the Adventist community in Italy by 50% from one little church. Stay with us after this song, and we'll hear about another truly amazing answer to prayer. shall be given, a virgin will conceive, a human baby bearing undiminished deity. The glory of the nations, a light for all to see, and hope for all who will embrace His warm reality. Welcome back to Is It Relevant Today, right here on Faith FM. I'm Marius Jigao, and today we've been looking at how God made Hannah wait for years before answering her prayer, but how he only did so when she prayed unselfishly. Pavel Goya tells the story of a millionaire who used to come to his church. Now, I've borrowed a lot of the content today from Pavel, and he says that this is the man who inserted the maps into the GPS system. He's extremely wealthy, millions and millions of dollars. 
He lived in a gated community where you would enter and there would be a house with $22 million here and $17 million there and $16 million there. And he invited Paul to come to his home. And as he came in, he said, Do you know I have invited you here? I've invited you here to see the community, to see my neighbors. You told us at church that unless we are reaching out to our neighbors, we're actually not Christians. I just wanted you to see what kind of neighbors I had. You cannot reach out to these people. These people don't even talk to each other. And they hardly ever say anything more than a hello to you. They have everything they need. Pavel says, no, they don't. Rich people have problems. Rich people have depression. Rich people have arguments in the family. Rich people have diabetes. Rich people are sick. What are you doing to reach out for them? Are you praying for them? And he said, well, yes, I am. How much are you praying for them? The answer was, oh, I'm not sure. Pavel says, the reason you're not sure is because you're not really praying for them. If you were praying any significant time for them, you would know how much you're praying for them. So he continued asking him, how much do you pray for them? Do you pray for them like 30 minutes a day? And he said, no, no, not that much. What about 15 minutes a day? Oh, no, 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 not that much. I pray for like five minutes. That's my total prayer. And Pavel says, well, then you should probably stop coming to church. You're wasting your time. And the man said, what do you mean? Well, you don't care about your neighbors. You don't care about those around you. You're not praying for them. You're wasting your time coming to church. Go do something else. The man was taken aback by this. He said, well, how long should I be praying? If you really want to have a mission here, you should start praying for them. I would suggest you start at 15 minutes per day, increase to half an hour, and then to one hour. One hour? I don't have time for that. I can't fit that into my schedule. It's interesting how we have a schedule for everything in our lives, but we don't have a schedule for God. We don't have a schedule for prayer. And the man was persuaded to pray for his neighbors. He actually started with one hour a day. And he prayed for one month for his neighbors, and nothing happened. And he prayed for two months, and nothing happened. And he prayed for three months. And on the third month, he said he began to distinguish God's voice. He began to realize when God is impressing him to do something. We're actually told in John 10 that my sheep hear my voice and they know me. He began to hear God's voice and know what impression God was putting on his heart. And he felt impressed to invite his neighbors to their house. So he goes to the neighbor next to him and he says, My wife and I are having an anniversary and I would like to have you come celebrate it with us. And the man said, oh, no, 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 sorry, I just don't have time for that. And he felt impressed to describe the food. His wife apparently makes some amazing Greek food. And he said, you know what? She makes these amazing cabbage rolls and kalamata olives and baklava. And as he's describing this, the guy's mouth starts to open. And he's like, all right, I guess I can spare a few minutes. So he came over. And when he came in, he said, well, you know, at our house, we have the rule that before we eat, we pray. And the man said, oh, I don't believe in God. He said, no, that's fine. You don't need to believe in God. But we need to know what to pray for. Is there something in your life that you need prayer for? And he says, well, I'm having problems with my wife and my kids haven't talked to me in a long time. After their meal, he said, well, why don't you stay and play some games? And he says, oh, no, 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 I'm not a child. I don't play games. He said, come on, how long has it been since you've played a game? The man said, oh, it's probably been since college. He continued persuading him, and after a while, the man said, okay, I'll stay and play a game. I think they played Catan, and the guy had such a big smile on his face as he walked home, and he walks into his house, and his children see that he has a big smile on his face, and they're like, what's wrong with you? We don't think we've seen you smile ever. What's wrong with you? Oh, you know, I went to the neighbor and ate, and we played games. You played games? Yes, it was a lot of fun. I won. And his wife comes downstairs and is like, they're talking to you. What's going on? He said, oh, I just went to the neighbors and played some games. And it was a lot of fun. And they invited me next week. And she was like, what? You played games? Can we come too? The next week, the whole family came. And they continued coming. And other neighbors came. And other neighbors came. And they developed a relationship. 
Soon enough, these people wanted to hear what his secret to the joy that exists in his family is. Because this man started praying for one hour a day, 44 millionaires were baptized into that church. God hears our prayers. There's another interesting story that happened in Kenya. Ah, that's in Africa, you know. It's easy to do evangelism there. But that's not the case in Nairobi. You see, Nairobi is the capital. It's extremely secular. In fact, the growth rate is around 2%, which is similar to what it is here in Australia. The ministers there were really discouraged, and 10 pastors decided to get together and pray at 6.30pm for one hour a day, every day. And they prayed for one month, and nothing happened. And they prayed for two months, and nothing happened. And they prayed for three months, and nothing happened. On the fourth month of prayer, a minister from another church said, I've been reading my Bible, and I've been impressed that we're not keeping the Sabbath. I looked around and saw you guys keep the Sabbath. Can you give us some literature, some material? Because I want to look into this. He looked into this and was baptized into our church. Now, this minister had two churches. One had 500 members and the other one had 600 members. They were all baptized into our church. This is the result of prayer. But it doesn't end here. This is just the beginning. This minister who was converted went to a conference where around 2,000 ministers from different denominations meet up in Nairobi. And this happens once every six months. He got the material he was given and photocopied it at his expense and made 2,000 copies to give to every one of the ministers at this meeting. 196 ministers were baptized into our church and around 80% of their membership joined our church. 350,000 baptisms occurred because 10 people decided to get together to pray. We have a God who still answers prayers today. Jesus tells us that my house will be a house of prayer. I wanted to ask you today, are you praying for your neighbors? Are you praying for those around you? How much time do you spend in prayer? Is your prayer focused on self? Or are you praying for what God's will is, for what he wants in your life and in those around you? I invite you to truly examine your life and ask yourself, do I really care for those around me? Do I spend time earnestly seeking their good? My life completely changed when I made time each morning to seek God and His will in my life. I wanted to encourage you today, if you want to have a truly meaningful Christian experience filled with answered prayer and relevance, put time aside for God each day and pray for those around you. We thank you for listening today and don't forget to visit our YouTube channel called Is It Relevant Today? where we have video presentations on many topics including the one we've just been talking about called Me, Me, Me. We look forward to seeing you next week. I'm Marius Jigau. God bless and I hope you have a magnificent day.
been listening to is it relevant today if you have any questions or comments please leave them on our facebook page is it relevant today but for now thanks for listening and we look forward to seeing you next week i love to tell the story twill be my theme in glory to tell the old old story Of Jesus and His love